Hello and welcome to the Will to Win podcast. This is Alex Muir, helping millennial professionals reach peak mental and physical performance. And in today's episode, this episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com. And it's the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. So thank you again to RadioGuestList.com for helping me um, find guests to have on an interview on my podcast. And um, again, this is the Will to Win podcast. And this is, and we have a special guest today, and her name is Christina Flack. She's a CEO, makeup artist, mother, and widow, and she is the CEO of uh, Pretty Girl Makeup, and she also does celebrity makeup as well. And one of the people that, that you might know that she does celebrity makeup for is uh, Miley Cyrus, as a matter of fact. <laughs> So uh, very, very cool. And uh, Christina, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I really, really appreciate you coming on. As, uh, and then as I mentioned to the audience, um, I've I'm, I'm, been utilizing this uh, radioguestlist.com. And, you know, that's how we, me and you interacted. And, you know, where this is our first time kind of meeting through audio format, which is really, really cool. Yes. And um, yeah, and actually, I was just kind of reading over your bio there. And um, one of the awesome topics that I really wanted to run through with you today is uh, choosing happiness and gratitude. Absolutely. I know you're someone that's been through a lot and, you know, you've, you've come out stronger on the other side and built a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence. And I just definitely want to uh, showcase for our viewers kind of like, you know, what, what was some of your methodologies for, you know, bringing back, bringing, bringing out um, or choosing happiness and gratitude when, when times get tough. Okay. Well, um, my, uh, so where would you like to start? (laughs) Oh yeah, you can, we can start. Let's let, let's start with, with some of the, some of the things that have happened in your life that have really had a a profound impact on you. Okay. Well, my mother, uh, when I was eight years old, my mother was diagnosed with a brain tumor. She had cancer. And so I grew up, you know, obviously very quickly I, you know, was taking care of my little sister and helping my dad and cooking and cleaning and all that. And I was still, you know, playing junior tennis. And, and then my husband, uh, Ken Flack, uh, was a professional tennis player. He was number one in the world. He was on the Davis cup team. He had won Wimbledon and gold medal in Seoul. Uh, he passed away two years ago, March, uh, from sepsis. And I thought my life was absolutely perfect, you know, right before he, you know, was ill. Um, You know, I, my company was doing well. I was, my agents were booking me incredible projects. Um, You know, I'm a makeup artist and my agents are in San Francisco, LA and New York. And, you know, everything was fantastic. And then all of a sudden everything wasn't. Uh, He got sepsis. He died in four days and my whole life was turned upside down and, you know, oh, and I forgot to mention that my uh, four and a half month old son had passed away as well on a Christmas day about 13 years ago. So I have had three significant deaths in my life. And, you know, my mother was in, when I was in my, she ended up passing away when I was in my 20, when I was 20 years old um, and my son, when I was 40 and, I knew that when my son passed away, I went into a very dark place. Um, I had four other children. For about a month, I was, you know, taking sleeping pills just to numb myself. And I was just so, you know, 
you know, so sad, you know, my heart was just shattered into a million pieces. And I, but then, you know, one of my girlfriends had said to me, like, look, you've got to get yourself together because you have a husband and you have four other kids and you just cannot do this. Like enough's enough, like stop wallowing. So I, I realized that they were right. Um, I have always led a very healthy life. I wake up every morning, you know, happy and I, you know, drink tea and green juice and, you know, I, you know, I do yoga, I ride horses, I hike, um, and I just led a very clean life. And so I went back exactly to that after, you know, a month after my son had passed away. So, you know, I got my life back on track and my kids were doing well. And then I got divorced, which was, you know, very sad as well after my son passed away. But then I got married, I met Ken Flack, we got married and I was the happiest, honestly, I'd been in my entire life. And, um, I got my company back on track and I got an agent and, you know, everything just seemed really, really great. And so when he passed away, I realized like I couldn't go down that dark path again because my children, you know, were teenagers and they really, really needed me. They were very attached to Ken. He was their stepdad, but he was, you know, he made them feel so special and kind of healed all of us after my son passed away. And so, I realized at that moment, like, okay, you need to really stay on track. So I started meditating. I renewed my faith in God. I prayed. I hiked. I did Pilates. I ran. I cried. I, you know, I really made sure that I was on a very tight regime of, of, of (laughs) everything, you know, the way I ate, the way I slept, you know, it was hard to sleep. Everything was just hard. And I just did everything in my power to lead a good example for my children. And so, you know, I, I had gone to grief camp at Canyon ranch. I had met with rabbi Sherry Hirsch who had written the book. Uh, we plan and God laughs. And basically what that is, is, you know, there's going to be bumps in life. There's going to be, you know, really sad days, but it's our choice on how we choose to handle it and move forward. And so, you know, I want to be happy. I want my children to be happy. And, you know, my well-being and my mood affects a lot of people. It affects my children, my friends, my family, my, you know, people that I, you know, my agent, my publicist, everyone. And, you know, I just chose to be happy and it doesn't mean I don't get sad, but I do everything in my power to do things to be positive. And I started doing charity work. Um, I started a foundation for my son, Bo, that passed away. And, you know, and after Ken passed away, I did the exact same thing. I, I added a Ken Flack educational fund at the Northern Lights School in Oakland, California, um, this school is just a remarkable place for children, for minority children that, um, you know, don't have the most amazing upbringings, um, or home situations, but this school is a private school that is run solely on grants and donations. Uh, and so it made me feel really good to honor, you know, my son and my husband by doing, you know, helping children that normally are kind of forgotten, And I feel that I can honor them instead of just, I I believe, and this might sound crazy, but 
I believe that angel that that they're up in heaven that they're angels and they're watching over us. And I think it would be horrible for them to look down upon us if we were just constantly sad and depressed and 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 not living life to its fullest, not choosing to do happy things or helping other people. I I feel that you know, to honor them and all the people that have passed in my family and in my life, that the best thing that I can do is do an interview like this or, or help a child go to school to change their family, to change communities. And I strongly believe that we have a choice every day when we wake up and to, you know, to love your children and, you know, your family and, and your community. And the best way to do that is to, you know, to serve others. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, that's some, that's a major, that's a major life stuff right there. And like that, that breadth of experience, I can't say I have lost, lost someone like immediate family or sibling or like that, but I have lost, you know, my grandparents on both my, or yeah, my, my dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. And, and I was, and I was definitely a wreck and I was very young. I was only eight or nine right. and, and I, and I knew how that felt, but to lose, to lose a husband or to lose your, your child. Like I, I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. I would never want anyone to know what it feels like, but you know, that's part of life cycle. You know, pe death is not, you know, I, I feel, I believe that people pass and they, you know, go on to another place and that one day we will all be together again. And, and I do believe that they are looking down upon us. And I think it's our responsibility to, to honor them. And, you know, I feel, especially, you know, with Ken having been, you know, who he was in the tennis world. And, you know, I feel that I have more of a platform than, than I would if, if I hadn't been married to him. And so I, I think it's important that I, use that platform in the most positive, respectful way I can to him and to his children uh, by honoring him and, and doing things that keep his memory alive. And I think education is incredibly important and as did Ken. And I think we all, you know, need to do that. No, for sure. For sure. And I really like how you said to carry on, your husband's legacy, your, your family's legacy, that's your way of carrying it on through, through giving back charitable, you know, charity foundations and, and education. And I, I'm a firm believer in self-education. So I, I completely relate to that. And I think I also read, I don't know if it's the same school that you're talking about, but um, did you, did you also develop like an outdoor school environment Actually, where it's outdoors? I, I started with some other um, people at a school called Edna McGuire School in Mill Valley, um, there's an outdoor garden that is named after my son, Bo. It is called the Bo Friedman Outdoor Classroom. And it's an outdoor classroom with this amazing garden of fruits and vegetables and chickens. And it's, I think it's really important, not just learning, you know, in school, we learn through books and computers and, you know, through our amazing teachers. But I also feel that teaching you know, kids, how to garden, um, encourages them to eat better than, you know, just they're, they're going to be much more inclined to trying different vegetables if, if they participate in, in helping them grow and watching them grow and seeing, you know, different 
and, and, and willing to taste different vegetables and fruits. Um, so I, I feel really good about that. I, you know, I, a lot of children aren't as blessed as mine that have had all these different opportunities. So for, I think it's really, really important. Um, if you have the ability to, to help children that are otherwise forgotten, it, you know, it's just, I don't see how you could not. And I feel really good about that. And I also, my son, um, my son, Bo had a, has a twin, uh, Ben, my youngest son, and Ben is 13 and he, there's a charity golf tournament every October, um, Vita Blue. He's a, he was a baseball player. He puts on this, this charity golf tournament, um, and the 49ers participate, the, the Raiders, the A's, the Sharks, the Giants, they all, um, come and play in this golf tournament. And so Ben, the last four years has been, uh, on, on the whole five and they pay him a minimum of $20 to hit the ball for them. And if he, if they like the ball that he's hit, they take it or they pay him more money. So this past October, Ben raised $35,500, which oh my I know it's pretty remarkable for a 13 year old boy in one afternoon, you know, one day to raise that kind of money. And just to put it into perspective, because my son is so humble and incredible, you know, he's like, mom, it's not a big deal. Like I played golf today. I missed a day of school. And I said, you know, Ben, yes, you did. However, you raising $35,500 is allowing for three children to go to, to a private school for a year, which I mean, that is life changing. That's life changing for the children, the families and, and our communities being able for, for, you know, to have that opportunity. So I, I feel, and I think to learn at such a young age as, as Ben has, you know, that he's, you know, it's just his normal. And I didn't realize until one of my daughters brought to my attention, they said, you know, mom, you have, uh, you know, obviously been through so much with Ken passing and how devastated you were, but you have handled everything like with such dignity and grace and, you know, teaching Ben at such a young age to give. And, you know, it's the, I think it's important as parents and, you know, just human beings to, to be your highest self and to, to help, help someone else. And by setting a good example, like parent, I didn't even think about it. I always, you know, I, I had given my kids lecture, like lecture, you know, the normal don't do drugs and don't drink. And my, yeah, my daughter, yeah, yeah. my daughter Rose <laughs> told me, she's like, you know, mom, your lectures were just lame. And I, I said, what are you talking about? I think my lectures were award-winning. And she's like, no, your example of how you conducted yourself. We've never seen you drunk or high. Thank God they didn't notice that month that I had lost my mind after Bo died. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm glad I, uh, I, they didn't really see it or maybe they forgot. But, you know, she said the, your example of, of, you know, all the charity work and, and the garden and, and the, you know, the educational foundations, that is so your example is so much stronger than, than your words could have ever been. And I, I really was surprised to hear that from her, actually. But, you know, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah. And I and that that's that statement that you just said, uh, learning by example that our parents set or our um, mentors or advisors set for us like that, that is very, um, very powerful. Absolutely. Um, like I'm the kind of person that if I if I really relate well with someone, mm -hmm. 
uh, like I, I, you know, I want to, I want to get to know them a little bit better and, and yeah. And see if they're, they'd be a potential friend or, you know, or um, advisor in the future. Mm -hmm. And, and like, for instance, like one of my colleagues from work, like I got to know him and um, I, I used to go to school with his sister and we, you know, we've actually grown a great friendship over the last uh, few months. And it just, it just goes to show like, you just never know who you're going to meet. That's true. And, and then, like you said, like always show, you know, always show your highest self, you know, to, to uh, car- carry things on for previous generations Absolutely. And, for, and for your children and, and their children's children. So yeah, it's, it's all about setting that example and being your best self as, as, as often as possible. It's true. And, you know, another thing that I'm doing um, and it's, you know, related to sepsis, you know, I've been raising awareness for sepsis. You know, I wasn't aware of sepsis, at the, you know, when Ken got ill. Um, and I am now I'm, I'm aware of. So I also feel because of who Ken was that I'm able to speak to different people, different groups, yeah. uh, different media t- types, because I'm able to use his name and, and, and honor him in that way. And, you know, I would love to see change in the medical system. Unfortunately, uh, Ken and I had Kaiser Permanente, which is here in the United States. Uh, there are an insurance group, but they also have doctors. And so unfortunately, Kaiser's, uh, you know, business plan includes, you know, encouraging their doctors not to see patients um, face to face. They would like them to, you know, call into an advice nurse and then, you know, have a doctor call. They, they actually give bonuses to their doctors for seeing f- fewer patients. And the problem is in, in Ken's instance that, you know, he was clearly visibly ill with uh, bronchitis, which turned to pneumonia. He said he had uh, glass in his chest. He felt never had felt worse in his life. He said he felt like he was dying and he was um, and they refused to see him. And then they misdiagnosed uh you know, they didn't give him an antibiotic. They gave him cough medicine with codeine and an inhaler, but no antibiotic, which when I l- looked at the the two containers of cough medicine with codeine, I, I was like, why would someone need two, you know, eight ounce jars of, of, of cough medicine with codeine and no antibiotic? Like how long was he going to be on cough medicine with codeine? And then what was so crazy, which I was completely unaware of was, if you're taking cough medicine with codeine and you have an, a, you know, a chest infection, it will suppress your breathing. It slows it down so much that the infection will actually grow at a much quicker rate than if you were just breathing normally. So when Ken did get the inhaler and the cough medicine with codeine, you know, he thought he was going to sleep more and, and be, feel a lot better the next day. Well, it was actually the opposite. He, uh, he, you know, the infection got so bad it turned the bronchitis in 12 hours turned to pneumonia and he got on uh, he was on life support when I got him to the emergency. So, you know, I would love to see change in the medical system as well that, you know, doctors are obligated by law to see patients if they're going to prescribe any medication at all. So that's another little, you know, thing I'm working on is trying to, you know, raise awareness for sepsis, but also to see change in the medical system that I don't think is, you know, that I think there'll be much more loss of life if we continue to not see, if doctors don't continue, if they don't see patients. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like you need to have that face to face. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know? Because you you don't know. You can't do it all over the phone. No, you can't test their blood pressure or their heart rate or their temperature or look them in the eyes or, you know, just see like, you know, it's, it's impossible. I mean, so there was a, a, his doctor was John, Dr. John Culbertson. He chose to not see Ken. And because of that choice, Ken is no longer alive. And to me, it's, you know, it's unforgivable and inexcusable that I no longer have, you know, the love of my life um, to share my life with, you know, I, you know, you know, it's, you know, and my children don't have their father and the world lost a really amazing human being. And Ken's not the only one. I'm sure there's many, many more, but I'm, you know, because Ken was Ken Flack, I'm actually able to say it, you know, on radio and TV that other people, you know, just suffer. So I feel it's my obligation to make change in the world. So that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, right? Making one small change at a time Correct. and that'll grow and that'll grow to, you know, to lar- very large change over a long period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I like what you said earlier about um, uh, living life, living life, like a healthy lifestyle, but living life on a tight regime. Yes. Cause I, cause I can really relate to that because when I, when I've, when I, when I look back and when I've had um, anytime I'm going through something and I feel like it's tough, but I look back to when I was the most successful, it always stems back to being on a very regimented schedule. Yeah. Now it might feel like military, but it's so beneficial that if you have a goal to just to, to help you get in the zone is just to like block, block anything else out that you feel is going to distract you and just be laser focused. towards. Right. Something. And it's just being disciplined and having structure. And I think, you know, using, you know, one's time well every day, you know, like, you know, especially like right now, I'm pretty much under house arrest with, you know, the, the coronas, the The, virus. Yeah. So I still am waking up at the same time I always did. I'm getting dressed, putting on my makeup. I'm exercising every day. I'm eating the same. This is not a time. In fact, I'm even tightening myself more with how I I'm being more disciplined than ever. I'm making sure not to eat a bunch of sugar, a bunch of carbs. I'm, you know, I'm not drinking any alcohol. I'm just, you know, a water and tea and green juice and, you know, you know, eating food, obviously. But I feel like this time for us to keep clear minds during this difficult time is only going to help us get through this in a positive way. What's concerning to me right now with you know, people being in houses and not being able to work and be stressed about, you know, their money and what's going to happen. It's terrifying. If you're drinking or doing drugs or eating a bunch of sugar and not exercising, that's the fear. I mean, I don't like to talk. I don't like to worry because I think it's basically praying for bad things to happen. But I think, you know, it is concerning to me when, when, you know, people are out buying guns in fear because that's just you know it's a recipe for disaster i think yeah yeah like like it's what it comes down to is we got it we got to uh you know you got to mentally prepare yourself by being as healthy as possible absolutely um and that's how you will not 
you won't have these events cloud your judgment as well. Right. It's true. Even though it can still happen, it's just a matter of like, well, I, in or- yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think it's just important, you know, for all of us and it's hard. I mean, I realize I am very disciplined and I'm very blessed. You know, I live in a very nice house, so it's easy for me to be home. I can walk out my door, you know, and go for, I can be, you know, on a hiking trail in like two minutes. I mean, I am very fortunate. I'm not living in an apartment with small children. So obviously I am very, very fortunate and I know it. Uh, so it's easier for me to be, you know, disciplined, you know, I'm, I'm not making excuses for anyone, but I, I do know that I am very fortunate and I'm very, very grateful. And I think when you're coming from a place of gratitude and, you know, you start seeing the beauty in everything, you know, I, I normally buy flowers for my house every week, but obviously right now I'm not, you know, I'm trying to, you know, conserve my money. So I'm not trying to waste. So, you know, I went into my garden and picked some flowers. So I still had beauty in my eyesight. So like I walk into my kitchen and there's flowers on the counter and, you know, in my living room and I like candles and I try to just make my home as beautiful and happy a place as I can with what I have to deal with, you know, with, you know, with what I have, you know? No, no, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, cre- it's, it's a matter of creating that comfortable environment, you know, that environment that makes you, makes you feel happy. Right. And, 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 you know, I'm, yeah. I'm limiting what I watch on TV right now. I'm not obsessing and watching the news all day long. I'll turn it on in the morning for a bit. Yeah. I just, I honestly feel that right now hearing all that negativity and all that fear is just unhealthy. Yeah. So I am absolutely yeah. not watching it. And when I turn on the TV, I'm just turning on Netflix and watching, you know, a comedy or, or anything other than the coronavirus. I don't even want to know about it. Whatever's going to be, it's, yeah. it's out of yeah. my control. So what am I going to obsess yeah. about it for? Exactly. It's, it's an, when it comes to extenuating circumstances, mm-hmm. right? All we can control as human beings is what we, what we do on a daily basis. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely and right. Once I came to that realization, like I, I, and I like it. I like that everything falls with us. It falls with what we do on a daily basis. And then anything outside of that, that's out of our control, we don't have control mm-hmm. over it. So the, the easiest thing to do is not, you know, as much as we can, don't, don't think about the external stuff as if we can. And the easiest way to not do that is by not tuning into the news or reading it. So no, I think it's, I think it's um, best. And I think we do need to protect, you know, our children from watching too much of that. You know, my gosh, you don't want your children to be growing up with in, in such fear, you know? And yeah, no, no, no. Cause, cause there's, 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 there's going to be times like this in our lives where things like this happen. Um, there's a, there, there will be more recessions, depressions, pandemics or epidemics, it's just the nature of life, like you said, but, um, but going through life, the media tends to, you know, instill fear in people when things like this happen. Right. And then they, cause they, they want to, they want the ratings. So they want to just keep sending out those fear signals to everyone that's watching. Correct. And, and we don't need to do no. that. Like you don't need to watch that stuff because the more you watch it, the more you will, condition yourself to, uh, to be fearful about everything that's absolutely. going on. Absolutely. And it's, and it's and scary. I, I mean, if yeah, you watch, if is. you watch the news and you see all that and you hear it, I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And, and, you know, if you're not is, of yeah. sane mind, 
you know, Lord knows what someone could go on, what they have, and if they have a gun and, and they're unstable. So it's just, I, I just wish the media would, um, I know they're doing their best and they have a job, but you know, it's our, again, our choice on how we want to handle it and what we want to watch. And, you know, I think um, balance is a big thing for me. I talk about that a lot when I speak on these radio interviews uh, about having balance in your life, like, you know, exercising, you know, drink, you know, I'm not saying don't drink, not drink, but, you know, moderately and eat well, just everything in moderation. And if we can keep everything in moderation, I think our lives will be a lot more balanced and I think a lot happier. And I think happiness you know, happiness and love is such a beautiful thing and there's not enough of it. And I think we have to create it and, and share it with others and, and make the world as beautiful and happy as you can be. I mean, that's kind of like with my job as a makeup artist, um, you know, I'm part of a team making something look like the best version it can look, uh, or, you know, or the celebrity or, or, or the model or what, whatever it is I'm working on. I, was just in Los Angeles um, working on a TV show for Fox uh, with Isaiah Washington called Kitchen Talk, which was actually a really cool concept. Uh, Isaiah used to be on Grey's Anatomy. He's an amazing actor and just a wonderful person. But he, you know, it's so interesting. If you think about it, the best conversations any of us have at a dinner party are, you know, are, are, you know, or when our family, like in the kitchen while someone's cooking, everyone congregates, you know, there's a lovely living room, but everyone wants to be in the kitchen and, and they are talking. So the TV show is, you know, he, they have a guest um, and they cook up, you know, something together, but they're also having conversation and, and an interesting dialogue along with it. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be airing uh, in April on Fox nation kitchen talk with Isaiah Washington and, I think I'm really proud of it and um, to excited to have been part of it. It was a really neat show. That sounds, that sounds yeah. awesome because I like that idea a lot because um, like I grew up a lot. One thing my parents always told me is like, there's not a lot of kids that have the luxury or the opportunity to sit down as a family with their, with their, um, mm-hmm. yeah, with their parents. That's true. Like that doesn't, as, as time has been going on, a lot of people just, they don't have that. They, a lot of parents just give their kids some money and then they'll say, Oh, go to the mall or go to a movie or whatever. And they just don't see them. But I grew up, I grew up having dinner and sitting down as a family with my sister and my parents. And I, I'll never look like, I I can never look back from that. Like that was, that was, that, that built my teenage years. And 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 it's, you know, made you to be very sensitive and, you know, thoughtful. And, you know, it's, you're very blessed to have had that experience because, you know, you, you have learned to have dialogue and conversation as a family and listen to people, you know, trials and tribulations of what went on with your dad and your mom at work or, you know, conflicts with other things. And, you know, it's, that's the one thing I think that like my children, uh, you know, it's just, even I can tell because there's like a big span between my oldest and my youngest. My oldest is 26 and my youngest is 13. So even she, my oldest, Melania, she lives in London. She's a fashion designer. Even she will say to me like how Ben, the youngest, his childhood is very different than hers just because of technology and, you know, just 
how things are different, you know, and, you know, she didn't grow up having an iPhone, you know, like how he got at such a young age. And, and I think it's unfortunately not helping that generation to communicate with their words, you know, it's harder for them. They're more comfortable having a conversation with their phone and, um, than them having a conversation with another human being, which is really terrifying to me that, and, and I think it's sad. I mean, if you're not able to communicate with other people, what's going to happen to the world? Like, you know, that's, it's a beautiful thing. How Alex, how you're able to, at, you know, yeah. you're quite young to be able to be having conversations with, with different people from different occupations in a really uh, mindful, intelligent way. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's one thing I feel like, that my that 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 my upbringing taught me was uh always you know always have that open dialogue always be open to having a dialogue with people um and having that that open uh communication style and just always well, you have to the get curiosity to know people is uh, you know, yeah, curiosity. It's, it, yeah it's exactly it's the curiosity i just i i i find it fascinating um, people's backgrounds and how they become who they become. And what yeah, makes I do too. I do find it. It's I just very find it remarkable. You know, everyone's got a story. Um, and that's part of my job that I find really fun is like, if I could have a TV show or a podcast, it would be like, you know, in my, ma- not in my kitchen, but sitting in my makeup chair. I mean, I've had some pretty cool people in my makeup chair. I've had Condoleezza Rice, Metallica Journey, you know, uh, you know, some really cool people I've had. Wow. Oh, I think I lost you there. Are time, you, still there? you know, like, you know, I, I spent oh, a ton of time with Isaiah, obviously he's the last celebrity that I worked with because we did this TV show and, you know, I got to know him on such an intimate level. Um, and it's so, it's so fun to, to get one on t- one time with someone that you would never normally have. Like I, Jalen Brown, uh, he's a basketball player in the NBA. He plays for the Boston Celtics right before he, turn pro I did this incredible photo shoot with him and I had one-on-one time with him and it's like that to me is like the greatest gift I get besides getting paid really well when I work is getting to meet people that I wouldn't normally meet every day you know I you know I I I wouldn't meet a lot of these people so that's really um, a really uh, one of the perks of my job that I really cherish and love so much Yeah, no, that that's incredible, and that's that's really what it comes down to is like doing and uh, doing and finding. Absolutely, I mean, I've told my kids like figure out what you love to do and figure out how to get paid, and then figure out you know where you want to work, and and you know if you you know there there's that saying you know if you work if you love what you're doing you'll never work a day in your life if if you if you love what you're doing I forget what it is but it's something to that effect, (laughs) you know. It's, it's yeah, great. Yeah, I, mean, no, exactly, I, I feel exactly. so sorry for people that go to an office that they hate and doing a job they don't love. And, you know, how miserable, I mean, if you're spending how much of your day doing something you don't love, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Why would anyone do that? that that's crazy making right there. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And that's, that's what causes uh, resentment. No, and, and, you know, 
and, and bitterness regret. and, and you don't want that you know I, I my wish for the world would be to like you know yeah, figure out yeah. what you love to do and if you weren't getting paid you know I I, I think it would I think the world would be such a much happier place you know and I, I realize that there's extenuating circumstances where people you know can't they have to take a job or whatever but hopefully you can but again it's a choice that you're making to be happy even you know sometimes I'm on a photo shoot and I'm working with some people that are difficult or not happy and it does affect me and I'm not having the most amazing time but I can only control how I react to them so I just try to that's part of um, yeah, my job is exactly to, you know, if I get someone in my chair and I need to make them besides look good, I need to make them feel good because they're going to always photograph so much better if they're happy. And um, it's really, I, there's different ways I do that. I'll use aromatherapy oil. I'll, you know, get hand cream if they have a headache and massage their hand. Um, make sure that they have some water and tea and that they, you know, I just, I really, part of my gift as a good makeup artist is to make people feel good. No, no, for sure. And before, before you get them all, uh, everyone dolled up and all that, do you, do you always tell them to go, you know, go into the bathroom, check well, out the mirror? Yeah, and just exactly. I just, a lot before yeah. they go come in. Sometimes some people, they just want quiet. Yeah. They don't want to talk at all. Sometimes they want to hear me. They want to talk to me. They want to hear me yeah. talk. They don't want to talk. Or sometimes they just want to tell me everything in their mind. And I will just quietly listen and nod my head and go, yeah, wow, okay. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, as a makeup artist, you're kind of a therapist. And they'll tell me things that they probably wouldn't even tell their best friend. But they feel, you know, and I never will tell their secrets. Um, and their private things they tell me. I would never you know, I would probably never work again if I did, you know, <laughs> I would be blackballed out of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, for sure. I, um, I, I, I feel very honored when I'm chosen uh, to work, you know, there's, you know, my agent will submit me for projects and, you know, they have a choice of five or 10 different makeup artists. And so when I'm selected, I'm really, I'm very honored and, and grateful you know, because I know that there is a lot of very talented people out there in the world. So when I'm chosen, I'm really, really grateful. No, for sure. And yeah, and, and me as well, oh, like I'm, I'm very honored and grateful to have you on as a guest. Um, I know you probably have a really busy schedule and, and it's just, it's awesome to get to interact with people in, in different fields, different industries. And because I always like, I always feel I like gleaning a little bit of wisdom too. from I, everyone I, that I meet. So. Every time I'm with someone new, I, to hear their story or, you know, they give me a little, you know, it's so funny. I had the CFO of Google one time gave me like the best advice on doing hair. She's like, you know what, pull it tighter. And so it was like, I, you never would have expected the CFO of uh, Google to like be giving me like hair tips, you know, uh, you know, I've had different, uh, different people give me little <laughs> tips on hair and makeup and I'm like, Oh, that's a good one. I will do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, finding out tips oh, and absolutely. tricks that I had no idea about from people. Like I love it when they, I love it when they share Absolutely. that with me, like, cause, or just right? a different angle of which I never, I do too. And like, you know, they've before. taught me That's stuff what like, I find oh, remarkable. Okay, do this on yeah. Instagram, do this on Twitter. I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Thank you for teaching me that. So 
someone, you know what? I think if you can go through life knowing that everyone you encounter is going to teach you a little something, the world is a very fascinating place. Yeah, it is. It is. And And I feel like I just had a realization the other day. I feel like, um, everything that I've learned up until this point and where my interests lie are actually mm-hmm. kind That's of all a facet of psychology. Um, yeah. Just human interaction and how, how we, mm-hmm. you know, how we like our daily routines, like I'm obsessed with people's routines, obsessed. Like I find it so interesting. That like, is true. Yeah. It is. Like what that do people do on a daily basis it, it, to become successful? Yeah. Cause it's, it, cause it's interesting because so many people, mm-hmm. Most of them get up early, but um, so many people's like day is like so different. But that yet they're they're all successful right. in I their own the ways, most and that's what I find so don't intriguing. Sleep much and uh, they they're up pretty early, and they're getting a lot. They're <laughs> yeah. using you know yeah. we all have twenty four hours, so it's always funny to me when people go, "Oh, I don't have time to work out." Well, yeah, you do. You need to make time. You know. Yeah, you know, if you really wanted to, you could <laughs> yeah, do it's, it. It's not and, a priority, uh, right? You know, yeah. or having your house clean. I mean, it, it, there's 24 hours. It's your choice on how you, you're going to use those 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, people that are, you know, very successful, they're using right. those 24 and then, you know, hours. Right. And then, you they're you're, usually working. You know, for the most you're really part, living so. life yeah. um, by, do, you know, if you're, if you're sleeping and you're just laying around not doing anything, well, you're not really living. You're not existing. And um, I, I, I think that, you know, that, there's so much to do and be busy and be happy and, and, you know, feel good about life. You know, it's so anyway, I guess how I will would end this would be like, you know, happiness is a choice. And I, I really hope that if people listen to this interview, that they choose to maybe live a little bit differently and choose to be happy and be a little bit more productive, a little more active, eat a little better, exercise a little more. That would be really great. No, for Absolutely. sure. And I got one more thing before we uh, end, end this episode with you. Um, what advice would you give someone who hasn't quite found their true calling yet or their passion, but they're, they feel like they're on the right track, but they're just, they're just well, not, still not quite sure. What advice would you I would recommend keep, that they do? You know, there's, I would write down it. a list probably of things that, you know, you enjoy doing um, and, and make a list and figure out, like, try to do it at another level, at a higher level. Um, you know, I love flowers. So, you know, that would probably be a job that I would love to do is maybe be a florist or, and, you know, I think if people would really sit down for a minute, meditate and listen to what comes into your mind, meditation is a really powerful tool that I wish, um, people use more of because the universe will guide you. If you're clear, the universe will help you. But if you're not clear, that's when all this chaos happens. So, you know, like the chaos in your mind of, oh, I don't know what <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, well, sit down yeah. for just a little bit and breathe and think about the things that make you really happy and figure out how to get paid. And I, that's pretty much what I did with my makeup career. I, I love doing it. And I figured out how to get an agent and, um, you know, and, and then I figured out how to like, you know, do more weddings. And I just, you know, you just have to keep thinking of different ways to do what you love to do and how to make money doing it. Cause it's pretty, I have to say part of the fun of doing this is, 
you know, that I'm successful and I'm able to make, you know, a pretty good living doing what I do. And it's, and it's exhausting. Don't think it's all like, Oh, it's glamorous. You're working with celebrities. It's long hours. Um, Sometimes you're waking up very early and you're working late and you're on your feet and you're, you're, you're tending to someone, you're making them feel good. So you're, you know, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I, and then, you know, I'm still running my company, even when I'm on a photo shoot or other people are trying to like book me for a job. So I'm, you know, I'm always checking my emails and, you know, responding to people. So it's, it's exhausting doing what I do. So when I'm not doing it, I make sure that I take a little bit of time to go to yoga and go for a hike and just kind of get grounded and centered again. And for me being outside, getting fresh air out in the trail is the way I do it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And, uh, Thanks. Thanks again for uh, joining joining us on this episode, Christina. I really liked having you. And I look uh, forward to it, Alex. Thank you can so get much. It was such a pleasure. Ha- have a good day. Bye bye. Bye. Awesome. Bye for now.